0: I was brought up very in a disciplined kind of a lifestyle you know like everything was like you wake up at a certain time you eat at a certain time you eat together on a dining table you uh, everything is structured right? right and I suddenly was thrown in the middle of a world that was just had no structure we're conditioned to think that when a girl comes of age that's her time she needs to get married she needs to make a home she needs to make her kids happy she needs to make her husband happy she needs to make her family happy but what about her I used to question my was I good enough and you know you're surrounded by all of these famous people and then good looking people and you know you you have to be okay with so many things and it was very daunting at first and like I said I was overwhelmed and I was super insecure and I don't know if I'm going to be you know honestly uh, trolled for saying this Hi, I'm Tara and I hope you like this interview with my Masi. Please like and subscribe.
1: Seema. Hi. Welcome to Millennial Mind. Thank you, Shivani. I'm so excited to be here. Don't you think this is just chance, how this has happened? I or know, it's Or destiny, fate. Fate, fate, whatever we call yeah. it. Because it's, it's so crazy. I reached out to you when I came to Mumbai and we didn't manage to connect. And then suddenly,
0: years ago... I know, I was here for a week and I said, okay, why not? And I I messaged you on a whim thinking, I'll just say hi, yeah, because
1: I just absolutely love your podcast and here I am. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to have you here. We've like turned this around in like two days. Yeah, really. But I'm not, I just have want to talk to you for so long and I have so much to ask you and I know my audience are gonna love it. So And I have verbal diarrhea. Yeah. So <laughs> I need to be way no, no, okay. back a bit. It's okay. But for people who don't know who you are, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh
0: I think I'm pretty much an open book, right? Because I think after the show everybody knows who I am, what my life is all about. But yes, I'm Seema Sajde now. Seema Kiran Sajde. I took my mom's middle name. My mom's name as my middle name. I was previously Seema Khan. And uh, I was married for like nearly 25 years. And uh, I've recently been divorced. Mm -hmm. And um, I am now in just about to start season three. My show, Fabulous Lives of Bollywood Wives. And I have a new brand. It's called Y. We're both wearing Y. I'm wearing it too.
1: Yeah. I love it. Honestly, thank you so much for bringing this for me and it's so comfortable. Thank you. So yeah, I pretty much have my hands full. Yeah, I mean, you're doing so much and I think on the show you're one of my favorite characters. Thank you. I wanted to kind of dive deeper though and start from the beginning. So did you grow up in Mumbai? Were you born there?
0: Yes, I was born and brought up in Mumbai, but in South Bombay. Okay. So that time it's called Bombay. Uh, Posh Bombay. If you know, if you, you know, the... Bombay is divided by the, the sea link now. Mm-hmm. That side is south and this side is the north Bombay. So, south Bombay is a totally different, totally, you know, different. totally different way of life yep. as compared to this side. Uh, this side is more like the creative uh, side. Yeah. yeah. And that's more the corporate side. And you were that's brought up you... in a family of? We're a nuclear family. My mom, dad and my siblings, the three of us, my brother Bunti, and my sister Richa. And are you the youngest or? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. I'm admitting it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but by a year. Just <laughs> for the record, if my brother's listening to this, I'm
1: older to you by a year. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Not like it. five years is what he no, probably tells. No, no. Growing up as the eldest sibling, I think there's a lot of responsibility.
0: Uh, I think you get a lot of the... Uh, it's a responsibility, yes. But I think... The others benefit off you, but you also, you get every, you get to do everything first. You, mm. you you know, you when you have your first child, I guess the parents are the most excited and you get that, you have that little bit of an edge. I and then, that. of course, you know, the others learn from your mistakes and you kind of harass your parents to a point that by the time the number two and number three, their turn comes, they're
1: easier on them. So it's 100%. the hardest on you. Yeah, 100%. Being the oldest sibling myself, I think everything kind of falls on you, right? Yes. And they're testing everything out with you. I, when when yeah. I was younger, I would think my parents know everything. Yeah? I still, to this day, sometimes I'm like, Mom, how do you not know this? You should know this. Yeah, you're my I mom. Mean. Or like, you're my dad. You should have the answer to everything. Everything. And I, now when I reflect now, I mean, I'm 30 this year. My dad had me when he was 30. Oh, and I'm an unmarried just- woman. <laughs> it's crazy. No children. See, Monty would murder me. <laughs> I think when I look at him and I think, Okay, well, you were probably just figuring things out. You know, and I think I've learned to have a little bit more grace. I always had this impression that you know what kind of parent you're going to be. You've thought about everything and the way you act is very intentional. And I think I've learned to understand that sometimes you're just figuring things out and you're going with the flow. I'm still
0: figuring things out. I have... My older one will be 20, Nirvan will be 23 in December and uh, Johan just turned 12. And let me tell you, to this day, I'm figuring things out. I mean, yeah, you know, you grow up and you see your mom and dad and then you think that, okay, this is the way you need to be a parent. But you have to understand that you can't raise your kids the way our parents raised us because that world no longer exists. You know, there's so much of um, we're in the day and age of social media, although it has a lot of its privileges and pros but it also comes with a bunch of cons because I just feel that the kids don't have that let your head on and live everything is uh subjected to the to the internet to 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 your instagram they they live through instagram they idolize people they they look up to people they you know emulate people on on instagram and a lot of it is bad you know what I'm saying? They're growing up too fast. You know, like for example, my friend's kids, I mean, they're all in the limelight. They're all becoming all, our actresses. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if they step out for a movie, I mean, they got to check how they look or, you know, they got to be conscious because you, your picture can be taken anywhere. And then the comments on Instagram, because Instagram has opened up a whole, you know, everyone is judge everyone is out there they're sitting there to judge you and and you know it's it's hard for them if for my own kid you know he's he's always like conscious of you know the way he's looking when his picture is out whereas when I grew up I had I I went to a nightclub one night I remember I had oil in my hair, and I was like screw it I just put on a bun and I went out (laughs) and I'm thinking how can they be like that today we we went the other day I went to Busaba for lunch with my sister and we were two of us were talking and we just said just look around you I kid you not there was there were tables with like fours and threes and twos not one person didn't have the phone instead of conversing with each other everyone I is know. on the phone i know you know what i mean they're constantly not to say that i'm not guilty of it i am i am trying to pull back but we're all guilty to some extent but i just feel the kids of today they live and the boys are living in virtual world We're addicted they're, we're addicted we're all addicted yeah but it's just the levels and the degrees vary but everyone sure. is addicted
1: we are and yeah. that's something that i'm trying to pull back from have you read digital minimalism no i'm gonna get, send it to you it's Please an amazing do. book and yeah. it's all about unplugging from the digital life
0: but i think it's so important i've started doing that actually i have kind of you know i know a lot of my work and everything is you know it's important for be to be on social media but then you know what the thing is i realized that it's actually pissing people off around me. Like when I'm out with my family, especially, yes. they're, always, they're always on the phone. Yeah. Now, it, and also it consumes you, you know, you're on the phone and you're like 10 minutes and then you look at your watch and it's like, it's been two hours yeah. and, you know, you don't realize and then, you know, it's just a matter of pulling back. And I think, you know, just unplugging because somewhere I think, you know, it, it just, it does bother you. It You know, the comments. It's not just the comments. It's just everything that you yes. look at on Instagram somewhere leaves some sort of a, you know, it gives you, you're, you're focusing on all the wrong things, especially for the kids. We're older, we can understand, but the kids can't really, they're not able to make that distinction, you know the what I mean, to what
1: to leave behind and what to take back. You have no idea how small comments affect your subconscious. So when I turned 30, I do not know what it was but I felt like I had a mental breakdown. And I'm somebody who always talks about not performing. Don't follow the path, you don't have to be married by this age, you don't have to buy a house in this area, you don't have to do all of these things by the time you're 30. And I openly came and said on my platform, I have, I had no idea that by talking around all these things and by absorbing all of the comments of people saying, you shouldn't move out, the fact that I'm living, living out when I'm not married, people have always said you shouldn't have done that, the fact that I'm not married, the fact that I'm not in a rush to get married and have children... All of these comments, I mean, I open my phone and someone will say, you're never going to get married. You know, you're a loser. Uh, You're a crazy feminist. And all of these things, you don't realize they're building up inside of you. So when I turned 30, instead of listening to my own thoughts, what I hadn't realized is by reading and replying to all of these people online... I was now listening to their thoughts. And that's what we've really got to change is how much other people can impact us. True. Very true. You can't live your life. You know,
0: everybody has an opinion. Everyone. Everybody has. an and, and fair enough. They're allowed yeah. to have an opinion. But the thing is, you got to be true to yourself because, you know, somewhere those opinions and those, you know, it gets into your head. And mm. at some point, you you got to be able to just leave that. And I have learned the hard way, but I'm still learning. But um, having said that, I don't really pay attention. In fact, I've stopped even replying, even though... I want to tell you, there are loads of lovely, nice people out there. And I'm so grateful for all of them. But even if you read that one negative comment, Mm. and especially when it comes to your kids, at least with me, you know, I'll take it when it comes to me. But when it comes to my kids, it bothers me immensely. And at that point, or it comes to your family, it bothers me immensely. And then I'm like, you know what? It's just better to switch off or not. Just don't go there. Just don't open it. What you can't
1: see... You can't yeah. hear, can't hurt you. That's my funda. <laughs> so, you didn't grow up in the limelight? No. You weren't I didn't. born in this Bollywood. No. no. World. I mean, my
0: mum's family uh, is uh, was a little bit of Bollywood because. Uh, You know, Bhavna's husband, Chunky Pandey, is my uncle. He's my Mm -hmm. mum's first cousin. His mum and my mum were sisters. I met him in Thailand once. Oh, yeah. Ages ago, when I was a kid. Yeah, he's lovely. So I did grow up. I had all my holidays there. So I was exposed to some of it. I wouldn't say no, because all my holidays, I was very, very close to his mum. So all my holidays were there. I would spend like days on end. So I did see all of that. And when he when he became an actor or you know it he was huge he was a huge superstar and and you know what i mean i i saw all of it and uh, but yeah i for some you know i was my family always protected me and shielded me from that this is not my dad always said he never wanted me to be a part of this world then how did you become a part
1: of this world fate
0: <laughs> fate i actually met uh, sohel at um, bhavna and chanki's engagement okay and uh, yeah it was just it was a whirlwind kind of a romance and then we got married and we had two beautiful kids and sometimes things don't work out you know of what course. i mean you get married when you're so young and then you kind of your paths kind of just deviate your your thinking your you know you don't really it, sometimes you just go down different roads doesn't necessarily mean That, like I said, people have put some, there's so much of taboo around divorce. Mm. But it's true. You can grow into two different human beings. Yes. And it doesn't need to be war. I mean, at some point it is. any Any two people who are, you know, have issues, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a marriage, any two people or a couple, there will be a little bit of bitterness. But you move past that. And then you know what I mean? It doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be ugly. Yeah. How old were you when you got married? I was, I had
1: just turned 22. 22. Yeah. See, this is interesting. Were you told you should be married by 22?
0: So my parents never imposed or said anything to me. But look, we, we, I come from a typical Punjabi family. Mm-hmm. There, you know, you grow up, you, you look at your mum all mm-hmm. girls idolize their moms. Yes. All girls want to be their mom. Yeah. And you see the life that your parents have, and you automatically think that that's what you're gonna get. My yeah. dad goes to work in the morning. He comes back in the evening. <laughs> every every weekend, my mom cooks, and he invites his friend, and they have friends over, and they have a party or they have a dinner, and that's how life goes. You go on holiday together as a family, and your mum your dad goes to work, and your mom takes care of everything else at home, which, by the way, is a is a huge, huge task that we all take for granted. It's a job, nevertheless, and it is a damn hard one. Mm. And, and you know, automatically, I think as Indians, we're, we're conditioned to think that when a girl comes of age, that's her time she needs to get married. She needs to make a home. She needs to make her kids happy. She needs to make her husband happy.
1: She needs to make her family happy. But what about her? Exactly. What about her? This is exactly why I moved out. I just filmed a video today about why I moved out, and I said very openly, the main reason is, this is the only time in my life I have zero responsibility. When I lived at home, I had responsibility. My parents would say, my nana's not feeling well, my bar is here, you need to do this. My mum would say, can you do this for me? My dad would say, can you do this for me? When I get married, my husband's going to say, hey, can you help me out with this? Naturally. That's not saying that it's a burden or it's difficult. But when you're living with someone else, you have to be accountable to each other. Correct. When I have kids, that's going to happen. Yeah. I just wanted six months to a year of just me. And my mom, even though she didn't want me to move out, She really was so happy for me because she was like, I never got this. Exactly. This is your only time where you can never worry about anything. You don't want to do anything. yourself. It's all about you. And I think that as women, we're not taught we should have that. And that's why it's a taboo if you don't get married early. It's a taboo if you move out of home. Exactly. It's a taboo if you move out of home without having been married it's a taboo if you don't want to have children yeah and because i really do believe that all of this is what do we want to do for others yeah the interest is in other people if you don't want to get married you're a failure to your parents if you don't want to have kids you're a failure to your parents if you don't want to live with your husband it's a fail. it's just everything is all blamed on the woman
0: always and even if you know at the time that i was getting a divorce always it's always assumed that you know what Oh, God, she couldn't adjust. Or, you know, when you have problems, it's not that, you know, even over the years when you have problems, you're always told you need to adjust. You need to compromise. If you don't compromise, it won't work. Why am I told to compromise all the time? Why is it that I need to compromise all the time? You know what I'm saying? Okay, a man goes to work and he makes a living and he, you know, he's doing this. He's supporting you. Yes. Financially supporting you is a huge thing, but what about me, dude? If I didn't, if I didn't have those kids and and you know make a home for you, you wouldn't have a home and kids to come back home too, right? So in a way, I, I'm also working, but it's just that my job isn't paying me. Do so you, you know, it's just it's the way we're conditioned, I think, and it's constantly we're constantly putting we are constantly told to put. Everyone else's needs above ours. Even growing up, I mean, girls are taught you need to learn how to cook. You need to learn how to make the bed. Uh, You need to know how to clean. I mean, we're taught all the household chores like as though, you know, for a man, he doesn't need to do that. It's a life skill. This is what I tell people. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because you know what? As a man, having said that, you know, we as women... Have been conditioned, so it's a lot of unlearning we're doing. At least I've done that. It's a lot of unlearning of pa- certain patterns and certain, you know, it it certain ways that we we we've been conditioned. But then I also have to give credit, like to somebody like my brother, the guys out there, they're also unlearning. Of course, they're also unlearning a lot of patterns, and they're also trying to be. So you know what I mean. It is there is a lot of focus on the woman,
1: but The men are trying as well. So why should I take that away from them? Look, we're talking about the female experience because we're both women. You know, if I was sitting on the podcast, which I have done with men. Yeah. I talk around the expectations on them to make loads of money for them to have a house, for them to be in good shape, for them to, you know, be the male provider, for them to be the strong one. There's a lot of expectations for them, too, that I think are unfair. But naturally, you and I are going to talk about our own experiences because we've experienced those. Right.
0: Coming to anti, and I mean, you know, to keep in sh- to be in shape and to look good. Have you realized that the entire anti-aging industry is only concentrating on the women? Yeah. What about the men? Exactly. We've been told that you have to look a certain way, or you got to be in shape for your husband to pay attention to you. Mm. <laughs> I mean, hello. What about him? Have you always been so strong? Never. I was actually quite the opposite. I was a really timid. Um, Uh, you know, I I had a lot of fears, I still do. I have a bunch of fears. And I think I operated out of fear for so many years, so many years. And yes, I always my thought about, I always put someone else's needs ahead of mine. like, Oh, God, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt my parents, I don't want to hurt my kids. I don't want to hurt, you know, everybody in in and around me till one day I just got up and I and and, you know I was reading I was reading a lot I was introspecting I was literally borderline depressed but I don't think I was ever clinically diagnosed but Mm -hmm. I used to have these long you know phases where I would just gaps of like days on end where I would just shut out the world I just you know I wouldn't leave my bed I Mm -hmm. just wouldn't leave my bed and I would just cry and cry and then sleep and sleep and I used to just like you know, I would I would take sleeping pills and stuff like that till my mother showed up in my room and she shook, shook me and she said, you have responsibilities. Get out of the bed. You've got kids. You've got a kid to rely on. You've got a kid to look. I mean, you've got a kid to look after and he's looking up to you and you can't be this. You can't be this mess. You're stronger than this. And you know what I mean? And, you know, you're constantly scared. You're covering up for everything. And then one funny day, my mom said to me, she said, don't lie. Just speak your truth. Don't lie. And, you know, be who you are. And mm-hmm. and coming from a woman who's led her life, she's completely devoted her life to her husband and her three children. And she still does till this day. So I have to say that it takes immense strength to be that Indian woman that she is. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I kind of look at her for strength and... I am who I am because of her today. Although I have had to break out of her cycle and her pattern. I told her, I mean, I had huge issues with my mother at one point. And I said, you know what? I don't want to be you. Mm. You keep telling me to compromise, but I don't want to be you. Mm. So it took a lot. And I think it just, something just snapped inside me. And I said, you know what? I'm not making anybody else around me happy. My kids are unhappy. I'm unhappy. Everybody around me is unhappy. And you know, I it's it's everybody, even my brother and sister, they used to find it annoying to be around me because I was. How can you a chronically unhappy person make somebody else happy? You ha, you can't pour from an empty cup. If I'm happy, I'll radiate that happiness. Hundred percent. So it's just about that. I think women need to understand that they have to first look within, and you can't get you you don't you don't get that happiness not from your husband, not from your parents, not even from your children. You can't look at them for happiness. You got to. Go deep inside. You first do what makes you happy. So, to an extent, you've got to be a little selfish. Yeah. But that's for the greater good, right? Because then automatically you're going to be that better wife,
1: that better child, that better mother. When I was in a really difficult relationship and I left, wanted to leave that relationship, that was when I started looking inwards and I was thinking, what can I do to change? What can I do to help? You said that your mom said to you, just tell your truth. Yeah. At what point did you feel you were lying? You know, it was it, it was just so
0: gradual and mm. slow. I didn't realize it. But I, I think it was just something snapped inside of me one fine day and I realized that, you know what, when my mom said these words to me that I don't know, I was going somewhere or something. I said, you know what, am I going to tell people? They're going to ask me because there was a lot of buzz around my life and everything and, you know, if someone says this and what do I say? And she's mm. like stop making excuses say your truth don't lie so be it wow. this is the position you're in this is how you've chosen to live your life and stop lying just be honest
1: nothing works better than being honest i love that it's so powerful but it must have been such a shift from not being in this kind of bollywood limelight to marrying somebody within the industry how was that for you mentally how did your mental health get affected by that
0: it was hard initially mm. um, you know what everything was different i was I was brought up very in a disciplined kind of a lifestyle, you know like everything was like you wake up at a certain time, you eat at a certain time, you eat together on a dining table. You, uh, everything is structured, right? right? And I suddenly was thrown in the middle of a world that was just had no structure. Not to say I didn't have a blast. Yeah. Honestly, I enjoyed it as well. I welcomed the change and I enjoyed it. It has, it, it had its perks. But, you know, I am a very structured person. So that was hard. And then, you know, um I think, being exposed to so much of judgment and then of course your your husband is constantly with a lot of beautiful women surrounded by them all the time. There are a lot of I was twenty two. You mm. know what I mean? You don't know anything when you're twenty two.
1: Nothing. You don't just know came out anything. Of uni, and
0: you you know you have so many insecurities and you have so much of um social pressures and I felt a lot of pressure in the beginning and then I kind of just shifted all that focus to wanting kids because I wanted lots of kids so I just shifted all my focus there and I made these bunch of great girlfriends who are still my friends till date and I have to say I wouldn't have made it without these whole bunch of girls so yeah I think I did struggle on many levels what was your toughest moment um I can't really you know my I think my toughest moment I would have to say was I think when I was a new mom I think just being a new mom, I think I had uh, Nirvana when I was 24. Wow. I hadn't I had, had yet turned 25 and oh I didn't know what the hell hit me. I was over the moon. Let me tell you, I was the happiest pregnant woman <laughs> on the planet. I loved being pregnant. Really? And yeah. and uh, But you know, once he was born, I think all your, your emotions and your hormones all over the place. And everything is heightened and every little thing. And you know, I was just... Um, I think just the whole, my whole world kind of just started getting to me. Like, you know what I mean? I wanted to be in a certain way. And it was just, it was just very overwhelming. And I think that's kind of was a little bit of a turning point, Mm. I would have to say. But that was way back then. Then it kind of slowly, you know, snowballed and snowballed. And I, I always had a, like my mother said, you always had a project. So I always had a project because I had Nirvan. Then he was a not a very uh, well baby. He's, he's you know, he had bronchial asthma. So I was mm-hmm. constantly worried about him. And then when he turned three years old, I wanted another one. And I w- just wouldn't be able to conceive. I wasn't able to get pregnant. So I tried for like 10 years. That consumed me. It was like, that's the way I am. When I want something, it kind of it consumed me. So I had no more time to focus on anything else. And I think then once Johan came along, I kind of just... That's when I sat back and realized, you know, what about me? I think when he turned two, I realized, you know, okay, now what? What about me? I think that's when life just suddenly paused and I realized mm. that, you know what? I need to do something. This can't be it. I remember telling even Nirvana, I said, this can't be it. I wasn't put on the planet to do this. I wasn't put on the planet to just service everybody around me. I need to do... I, I need to find myself like what is it I needed to identify what was it that was making me so chronically unhappy and what was the fact that I wasn't the fact that I wasn't making myself a priority it had nothing to do with anyone else it was me Mm. I didn't make myself a priority I was making everything and everyone else a priority and I think that was making me chronically unhappy how did you snap out of that because I started chanting. Okay. I did. A friend of mine just came, you know, I didn't believe in all of this. And she just came home one day and she said, just can you can you chant with me for like five minutes? I said, you know, I don't have the patience. I can't do this. I'm not this person. And she said, can you do it with me for five minutes? And I did it. And, you know, when you, when I say chanting, what is chanting? Basically, it's whether you meditate or you mm. chant, you know, you, you go into that that space in your head where you start blocking out you'll hear the noises then they'll slowly fade away and eventually when you're chanting all you're thinking about you're just bringing all your thoughts together and then slowly you're releasing your thoughts and you know there's so much of you get so much clarity at some point so it's actually a way of meditating according for me at least for me it is so that was it you know you don't spend enough we're not still the thing with us is that we're so on the go, especially today. I feel everyone is like, you need to be doing something. You, need, everyone's on the go, like, including me. I was multitasking. I was so much. So what I was doing was taking all my thoughts and shoving them under the rug, and I said, okay, I'll deal with that later. There's another one that's come up. Shove it under the rug. This is an issue. Shove it under the rug. So eventually, when I started chanting. I started taking those out one by one by one. So, you know, you gain clarity. Okay, does this work for me? Am I? And I kept visualizing. uh, Do I see myself? Is this what I see for myself five years from now? Not even, I'm not going that much ahead. Just five years. Do you see? And I was like, oh God, no. And I was, I know, you know, I suffer from anxiety. Like major bouts of anxiety. I used to have like, terrible anxiety which led to acidity and then I was up in pain all night and then I used to be pacing all night and I was quite a mess Mm -hmm. and you know so for me that really helped me because I kind of it's just unaddressed emotions and then I addressed you address them one by one and I don't know if I'm going to be you know honestly uh, trolled for saying this but at some point you have to be selfish for yourself You have to be selfish. Why do you think you're going to be trolled for saying that? No, because you know what? Like I said, it's, you know, you're today. Oh, you're you're, that's your job. You're a mother. You're a wife. That's your job. What you were doing is your job. Mm. But that's not my only job. I have I have to look somewhere else that and do something meaningful that brings me happiness. What about that? When is there time
1: for that? So powerful. I remember when I came to Mumbai, I interviewed Malvika. Do you know Malvika? Sangvi. Uh, Sitlani. Okay. So I interviewed Malvika, and in our podcast, she said, It's first me and then it's my baby. And she was pregnant. And she said, Everyone's always asking, How's my baby doing? Why is no one asking for how I'm doing? Exactly. Because if I'm not doing well, the baby is not going to do well. And the comments were wild. But everyone is it that, was is like, it, "She's doesn't she's not a mother yet. She doesn't know." And half of them were like, "Finally, somebody said it." It's but it's always simple. about everyone else.
0: You go on an aircraft. What do they tell you? You first put on your mask, and then you attend to the child. Isn't that it? If you're not well, and if you're not, if you're going to go to pieces, how are you going to help a child? How are you going to make a child happy? But we're raised
1: to be martyrs.
0: Exactly.
1: We're raised like that. But we love the idea of it. You know, I always feel guilty. Unfortunately,
0: so do most of the millions of the Indians. And that's the mentality. They like to see that. Yeah. And you're made to feel guilty when you don't. And I think the reason... Why, like Seema says, marriages are breaking like <laughs> biscuits is because women finally have a voice and they're working and they're educated and they're thinking for themselves. They're thinking uh, they're doing things for
1: themselves. And that's not OK. And I think that's where the problem lies. Seema is a funny one because yeah. she came on the show Bollywood Wives and we're going to touch up on the show in a minute but it was an interesting interaction i think because obviously again there is this idea that you need a man yeah
0: it, it is they they think that a woman
1: and it was focused on you right yeah you,
0: you know cuz you know what oh you poor thing you're single that's that's the that the approach that most people have to you mm-hmm. right like oh god you haven't found anyone else i mean why is it do you need a man to complete you can you not make yourself happy i mean Seriously, is it? Do you need another person to complete your world? What's wrong with it? Even kids, oh, you gotta have kids. Then it was, okay, you had one kid. You're not having another kid. It's like, you know, I took a while to have a second child, and everyone would ask my mom, like relatives and anyone, like, she's only got one child. And it's like, you know, you're. It's like you're you're living in a box. Mm. It's been, it's like it's you're conditioned, and it's like unwritten rules that what you need to do minimum two kids you get married and you have minimum two kids and this is what you do so the it's the minute you're not following that pattern it's you're you're like a an outcast yes you know what I'm saying so it it's it's just it's changing though I have to say it's changing and I think that women like us who have voices I think are changing it hopefully la- even if I can
1: affect one person my job is done I agree I think it's very natural though when you meet someone to say are you married do you have children right it's very normal and natural and I've said this on my platform as well is it's not about people asking me it's the intention behind people asking me right so it's constant when people say don't you want to get married you know somebody the other day I haven't shared this someone the other day said is your partner not serious about you what's stopping him And I turned around, I had tears in my eyes, because I just got really upset, and I said, what do you want me to say to that? I said, what do you want me to say? He's not serious about me. He doesn't really like me. What are you trying to get out of me? And I said, you have hurt me. And someone said, well, why are you upset? And I was like, why wouldn't I be upset? And he has a daughter. And I said, what if I said that to your daughter? When she was older, and I said, why does he not want to marry you? I said, I've been with my boyfriend for two and a half years. People are acting as if we've been together for 10 years, and it's crazy why he hasn't proposed. I'm very happy and very comfortable in my relationship. I'm not in this urgent rush, but everyone else is in an urgent rush. And to ask somebody why they're not married and continue to probe... could upset them and it did upset me and then he said but you're the one that said you don't get upset and I said listen if you ask me when am I getting married I wouldn't be upset but you just ask me why somebody doesn't want to marry me they're very different questions correct and you know what I felt guilty for saying something
0: why because that's the way that's again I come back to it it's conditioning I think it's just you know somebody uh, they don't understand a world in which you can live in with your partner be happy with your partner but not want to get married yeah. or not want to have kids children children are, is not for everyone no it's contrary hard. to what everyone thinks it's not for everyone and it's okay because mm. honestly it's very hard being a parent it's so hard it is and you got to be you have to be a hundred percent ready to take on that responsibility because once you have a kid That's responsibility for life. My mother, I'm 47 and my mother still worries about me. I mean, if I don't answer her, answer two or three calls, those helicopters, that's her. (laughs) That's her hunting me down. It's so and true. You know what I'm saying. So it's that—that's
1: it, it, called being a parent. So you got to be a hundred percent ready for it. The thing is, is when I say you shouldn't rush, people think, "Oh, you don't want to get married." I'm like, I've never said I don't want to get married. All I've said is I'm not desperate. It's not my only life yes. goal. I'm focusing on other goals right Correct. now. I do want to get married. I do want to have children. I'm in a very happy relationship. We're not living together, by the way. I'm living my myself. And I'm happy in that. So, if I was really unhappy living by myself and I was really, you know, desperate to get married, fair enough. But I've never said I am. It's not a life goal. It's also not the thing you have to do immediately and then your life goal is met. Correct. You know, we're, we're constantly focusing on these milestones that other people have set for us. And everyone thinks that that's a destination.
0: Marriage? And then kids. For a woman, that's... Then what?
1: Then what is it, guys? Tell me. Death? I don't know. I don't
0: know. I mean (laughs) And then they should think that, oh, you have it all. You're married. You've got kids. You have it all. I mean, that, according to most, is having it
1: all. You talked about earlier, which I think is very rare. You said that when you got married, you felt insecurity. Now, you've just said people said you had it all. I'm sure people then said, okay, look, Seema, you've married into this family. You're in the limelight you've got kids you have it all why do you feel anxious that's what people love to label things up
0: you know what the thing is that when you come from a different world and then i saw this huge big world where everything you know it the, the limelight like i said i had a bunch of insecurities was i good enough did i look good enough uh you know was i good enough I I used to question myself was I good enough and you know you're surrounded by all of these famous people and then good looking people and you know you you have to be okay with so many things and it was very daunting at first and like I said I was overwhelmed and I was super insecure
1: Mm.
0: like super insecure and you know uh, not that I'm insecure about myself let me tell you one thing I'm like that I'm an, I'm I'm pretty much a secure chick, I would yes. like to say, but I was 22, mm. and you know, I, I had eloped and got married, and I was so. If there was a lot, you hold know. Hold on, hold on. You, what do you mean you eloped? I eloped. E- elaborate.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I ask you that before? <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I think I've said it on the show. So I was, I, I had known Sohel for like maybe three months, and um, you know coming from this world like i said my parents didn't want me to get married and they had like other plans for me and i just kind of got up and eloped in the middle of the night and um yeah that's what happened and then you know so everything got to me and then i didn't you know you you know didn't understand that you know, my dad used to say to me that you don't understand when you get married and you, you move mm. from one culture to another so drastically, it's very hard to yes, adjust and, you know, for you to fit in. And I think that's where I kind of, uh, my insecurities came in because obviously at that point I was rebelling. I wasn't listening to him, but it, it's true. You do, you do kind of, you know, struggle with that. And I struggled with it for a while.
1: We all have insecurities. I speak about this all the time. Yeah. Every single one of us at some point in our life has felt insecure about something. Yeah. Some people are more open about it. Some people are not. There are many times I'm in a room with people and I feel, wow, I'm so ugly compared to all of these girls. They look amazing. And I wish I had her body and I wish I had her hair and I wish I had her lips. And I would, you know, there's it's. There's a number of things that we constantly want. And I think the worry is now, as like you said, with social media, it's very easy to compare. Correct. And everything is accessible. Everything, everything is so easy everything. to get done. Yeah. And everyone looks the same. I feel everyone looks the same.
0: Everyone looks the same. <laughs> that's the thing. You go into a room and everyone looks the same.
1: And that's the aesthetic we're trying to match. Yeah, yeah. When you said you battled with insecurity, how did you start to overcome those? I didn't. Like I said, it took me
0: a fair few years to understand and pinpoint exactly what it was that, you know, uh, triggered me. I had triggers, right? And then you kind of identify your triggers. So, um, you know, actually when you're in your 20s, you barely know what the hell you're doing. When When you're in your 30s, you're trying to kind of hit certain milestones. You know, okay, I'll be happy when I have that big house. I'll yeah. be happy when I own that bag. I'll be happy when I have, sorry, two kids. Uh, I'll be happy when my kids go to this school. Those are your milestones. Yes. You know what I mean? And then you reach a point and you realize that that's, that's all external. That's not giving you happiness. You know, it's the, the, that happiness, you have to, you do something for yourself. Mm. Something that you wake up in the morning and motivates you, drives you, and you look forward to, that, according to me, gives me happiness. When I have a goal for myself, and I think that, you know, all your insecurities and all your, you know, inhibitions, all of that kind of sees the minute you realize that you got to wake up with a purpose for yourself, mm. not a purpose to make someone else happy, a
1: purpose to make you happy. You said you went against your parents, and obviously now you've transitioned a lot from when you were younger. Hmm. Have they ever said, I told you so? or have no. they?
0: never wow that's not my parents i they love them there are i i mean touch wood. i've been blessed i have a super supportive family and even though my siblings are younger to me they're my pillars because they're actually like they said i'm the dumb one of the <laughs> lot they are the more they are the more mature uh, uh intelligent ones so they claim right but um yeah they've kind of held my hand through everything and really honestly I'm blessed. They've never said, I told you so. They're always like, forget it. They're the type that always say, just don't look back.
1: That is amazing. Forget
0: it. Don't look back. You can't do anything about it. Just focus on what's ahead of you. And there's so much. Nobody said you can't learn something new. Nobody said you can't do something new. It's ne- never too late. I always thought that, okay, but now I'm in my 40s. What am I going to do? Is there any point? And this mm-hmm. and that. You know, you have all these thoughts. I had help, if I didn't have this kind of moral support, I wouldn't be here. You
1: need, you need Mm. that, you need your people, you need your moral support, you need your community. When you were changing your thoughts, and I guess, discovering more about yourself, and this is why I actually tell people, do not get married before you're 28, 29, or even 30, because that's when you're figuring yourself out. So you're telling me at 22 you got married, Of course, by 30, you're a completely different person. And I said this to my boyfriend the other day. I said, when I met you, I was so different. I was a lot more scared. I wasn't as risk averse. And he said, yeah, you know, you've become so much more confident. And I said, imagine if I met you at 22. I was a totally different person, by the way. So different in every single way. And now I think I wouldn't have been able to meet... I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to sustain a relationship from there because your mindset is changing. Everything is changing, yeah. Definitely. But I always say I'm so blessed and lucky because the friends I have have kind of gone through that journey yeah. with me. So all of my best friends are the friends I went to school with. Yeah. And that's what, so, what I think I'm so lucky for. But there must have been people in your life who have thought, Seema, you were never like this. yeah, Why yeah. Why yeah. are you suddenly becoming like this? And I think there is such a negative connotation to strong women of, oh, you're too feminist. Or, oh gosh, you've turned into one of these radical women. Or, gosh, we can't say anything to you right now. Well, there no, people no, that I said did,
0: that? I did get some of that. But to be honest with you, my friends have said it. I mean, Maheep said it on the show that yeah. she, I'm a totally different person. I, you know, I was this scared. She called me a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was. And I have. And, you know, if I, I didn't have these women in my life, I wouldn't be where I am because you need those women to kind of hold your hand yeah. and to encourage you and to kind of, you know, help you through that time. Yeah. Sometimes even the silence is help, yeah. you know. And the thing is that without that, I wouldn't be able to do this. Mm. So I have to say that, yeah, it's always, it's always the people in your life, the, the my female friendships that have actually brought me to this point. My My siblings, my family, You know, okay, not so much my parents, I would say, because the thing is, their only thing was that, you know, my dad brought up in that school of thought that, oh, who will look after my daughter?
1: Do you think there's still a stigma attached to divorce?
0: Of course there is. I mean, especially in our Indian culture, there's always a stigma attached to divorce. I don't think that's going to take a while to let go of. I mean, it's way better, but there is. I mean, you know, nobody really, like I said, now we're living in the day and age of social media, so I had people comment like oh she used him and that family for as long as she needed to she got where she wanted to get now she wants to be free so I was like what What just happened here but you know like I said there were also people who were really nice to me so mm-hmm. I chose to focus on that there were loads of people who were genuinely genuinely nice to me and I'm so grateful for that because you know I, I look at that I, cho- I chose to look at that side and feel encouraged rather than look at the other side with just, okay, you can just rant all you want. It's fine.
1: At what point did you think you had to leave? Because I think it's not a split decision, right? No. When people get divorced or they leave a relationship, especially when there's kids involved, it's very natural that there's steps you take. Was there one big thing that you thought, and you don't have to give the detail on like that, but it was a, a moment in your life where you thought, I don't want to do this anymore? Yeah, there was.
0: So the thing is that, It's no secret I was separated for quite a few years. We didn't live together. Okay. But the world thought we were together. Okay. And that suited... I guess it suited... Why should I blame it on him? It suited the both of us. We had... Nirvan was of that age where he was also... He didn't want it. Okay. And I think there was a point when I had to make a decision because I had to choose between, so to say, my marriage and my son. Because my son was going down a path that... I was very scared off. And and one fine morning, I woke up and I realized that either I focus all my energy on this, you know, saving this marriage, or I focus all my energy on my son. And that's when I decided I chose him. Mm. And I remember the day and I remember, I have full clarity. Contrary to what women think and people out there think that, oh, you know, she left because... Uh, you know, some people say I left for all sorts of reasons. Other women, yeah. whatever—that's the most common one. But no, I made it. I made a choice. I made a choice to concentrate and put because you see, the thing is that when you when you're when you're two people in 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 a situation where both of you are not happy and there's constant fighting and bickering, the fallout of that is always the kids. Always, always. And the thing is. You don't realize that in that, that phase of your life, time passes so quickly. Kids grow mm. up so quickly. You don't realize that when you've done damage there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The kids are just kind of, their collateral damage. Yeah. So it was a conscious decision for him. Yeah. And also to get a divorce, I didn't really need, honestly, it's a piece of paper. Yeah. What is it? It's a piece yes. of paper, right? So we lived uh separately for quite a few years and it was fine in was going to school he was happy he didn't want he had many conversations with me and then he went to university and when he said to me that mama i'm okay now you can you know go ahead Mm. and that's when i decided that okay i think now is the time that i can get divorced you know so then it was just a matter it's just paperwork to be honest so when did that happen
1: When it was official
0: uh, I was
1: officially divorced in December last year. Okay, last year. And you started filming for Bollywood Wives when? At uh, least
0: five years. I was. I think it was five forty-two years? or forty-three. See, we've had two seasons, and each wow. season takes two years. So at least four years ago. Yeah. No
1: way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each season takes two years to
0: film. Yeah, we had just wrapped up season one in 2020 January.
1: No way. So we started
0: filming in 2019, and we did a pilot beginning of 2019. Yeah, four years.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, look, being separated is very difficult, I think, because it's the kind of the first step, isn't it, into getting divorced? And you you know that as a couple. I was listening to a podcast today, and it was by this neuroscientist, and she said the physical touch is the most important. So if you're sleeping apart from your partner, if you're not touching your partner you're losing that feeling of security and safety and it pulls you away from them. True. So when you're no longer living with someone, you're no longer in yeah. their space, you're no longer sleeping in the same bed, you're kind of in that journey, which I can imagine must have been really it's hard. It's a transition, yeah. But the reason I asked when you filmed the show is, the show was called Bollywood Wives, but you were separated at that time. So uh, were you nervous? Still,
0: I I was. I yeah. was very nervous and I was asked this question again that, How do you want to portray yourself on the show? Why? And my only reply, my mother's words were in my head. Never tell a lie. I love that. Never lie. And I just told my producer, Anisha, I said, look, whatever it is, it has to be the truth. I said, you know what? As long as it doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. And I said, you know what? Don't prepare me. I don't want to be prepared, not that they ever do, because nothing, contrary to belief, nothing on Bollywood Vibes is scripted, ever, ever. So I just said, you know what, when the question, because they ask you a question, when the question's thrown at me, I will just say it. The only thing I needed to do was make sure that, Johan was too young then, I just needed to make sure that Nirvan was okay with it, because, you know, eventually they go to school, they have friends, you don't want to, you know, embarrass them, upset them. So you got to be, you have to be sensitive to the kids. They're yeah. still kids. They're not adults. They
1: don't process like we do. Mm. So I just needed to be sensitive to him. Yeah, because what a journey. Because if if you think about what you were saying before in terms of the fear and the insecurity of, around other people, you went into that show and you were very open about it. Yeah. But imagine that I'm just imagining how nervous I would be about telling the whole world about my situation when I hadn't really expressed it to everyone does that make yeah, sense? yeah yeah
0: it was always uh, it was like that unsaid thing you know what yeah. I'm saying everyone knew but didn't everyone know everyone knew yeah. but didn't know a lot of people called me after the show and said people who I kind of interact with quite regularly said to me I didn't know you're separated I said are you fucking bonkers sorry sorry for my language I said are you, are you bonkers I said like did you not know this <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah What's been uh, one of the trickiest parts to navigate through the show? You said it's not scripted. No. You said that you kind of went with it and didn't have any expectations. What's been some of the hardest parts, I guess? And challenging because, you know, I'm sure it's hard to have all eyes on you at all times.
0: Do you know, quite frankly, I don't find anything about Bollywood Wives hard. Why should I lie? I swear i love to talk. Really? I shoot my mouth off. And when I have to worry, that's not my job. That's my producer's job she just has to be make me look good in the sense that like, if I've said something wrong my problem is I shoot my mouth off so sometimes <laughs> I need to like handle I need to be handled when I speak because I I have the other problem I talk too much right. so I need to be
1: reined, reined in. in yeah why is the show called Bollywood Wives good question and why not something around for empowering women Because Bollywood sells and everyone's curious
0: about Bollywood. It gets eyeballs, I guess. And the thing is, and it's a common factor between all of us. Look, we all met because we all like Bhavna and Maheep are not from Bollywood backgrounds either. We all got married around the same time. That's when we met. Yes. We all got married. Like Bhavna got married in January. I got married in March. Maheep got married in December. Uh, Neelam has always been a part of Bollywood. So the, the common factor between all of us was Bollywood, so I think that was just the show name. Yeah, the show name. I the don't really, think it was
1: anything to do in particular with wives. Mm, I yeah, don't think, yeah, yeah. Because I, I guess the reason I ask that is I just think of shows, Desperate Housewives, yeah, The Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, all of it is centered around wives. being a wife. Correct. I haven't seen any shows around no, husbands. I, 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 you're right, but I don't think that it had anything to do with
0: that. To be fair. I think the show comes across as... Four really strong, that's what women. I'm saying. Yeah. It's not centered
1: around you being housewives Correct. or centered around you guys being wives, Correct. right? It's not actually centered. I will around take that, that feedback back to Anita. Thank you. Change the t- title, uh, give <laughs> me the credit. Netflix, I employ me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, obviously, yeah. Bollywood Wives is going to be more attractive, people are going to reel into the title. Yeah, it does. I mean, but like, my, yeah. my, my point is, is that this is what I mean we're always selling it about like the crazy life of women and like desperate housewives here, and there's never really shows about men like that and, I, and I, I guess there should be because yeah, there should be rea- when the show isn't centered around all of you being wives you know you have your own business Yeah, which I'm wearing Neelam has her own business Me has got her own thing going Pavna has her own thing as well and it's not really around you know taking care of the home the whole time mm.
0: no not you at know? all you know
1: and it, this is what I'm saying is that we is trying to think around dualistic thinking because we're trying to be rational and we're trying to put people into either or the whole idea is around both and. And there was this principle I learned about because I've been studying like Buddhism and other old scriptures and they constantly talk around managing these paradoxes. You know, you can be strong and you can be soft. You can be a career woman and you can want to be a homemaker. Of course. You can be an extrovert but also love spending time alone. And you We've just, just described me. Right, but we've got to <laughs> stop putting people Into these boxes because we're oversimplifying things. By oversimplifying our characteristics, we're narrowing who we are because we're trying to fit this narrative. But we can create our own narrative. True that. We can create our own path. You can say, I love spending time with you today and I want to go by myself in my room and chill for half an hour. That's what I like to do. Everyone's like, you're such an extrovert. You're so bubbly and, you know, you're so energetic. And I'm like, yeah, but when I go home I need to be alone in my room I cannot talk to anyone me too do not talk to me
0: I need to be I mean there are times I always say I have one day of the week which is called the bed rot day that's the day where I don't want to talk to anybody (laughs) I don't want to see anybody I just want to be I just really literally want to be I want to just zone out either you know read something or watch a mindless show just order food from my favorite restaurants binge and just do my thing but the thing is that I want to be left alone. Yeah. No kids, no dogs, no humans, nobody, (laughs) just me. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's so important. I think it's so important to get in touch with and disconnect, you know, uh, at some point in the week or, you know, every 10 days, you need that time to just regroup. Mm. And at that point, at some point, you know, through all the distractions and everything, you kind of think about. You know your how your week has been. What you can change. Where I like to identify maybe where I went wrong, or you know, is there some? What is it that's something that's bothering me? Address those things before I go
1: down that spiral again. The evolving feminist. What an amazing title! But also, you should write a book about that. By the way, I might Mm. I might steal that title off. You know, (laughs) but I feel that there will be a lot of people watching and listening. This saying, I want to change. I know that I'm not living my higher self. I feel that I've held these feelings in for so long. But I'm scared. What do they do?
0: It is very hard. It's very scary. But I think that, listen, I'm not going to mince my words. I'm going to tell it to you like it is. You have to reach that tipping point. Because the thing is, at least the kind of person I am, I need my limits to be pushed to the maximum. It's like I'm literally on the cliff. It's mm. like I'm literally there. Either I sink or swim. you got to reach that point and want to change. It's also a lot of, you know, like I said, we've been conditioned in a certain way. It's a lot of unlearning. It's very hard. And I know it's coming from someone and out of experience, I can tell you, it's not an easy, you know, it's not an easy task for a woman. Yeah. Not Especially not even someone like me. I could have been... you know i could have been that woman but it takes you it takes a lot of guts a lot of guts and um a lot of and you have to be selfish and you Mm -hmm. have to want it but you got to reach that point where you say this is it for me you know and i think till you don't you can be tutored you can be coached you can be you know uh you can go into therapy which really does help, by the way, you can do whatever. But till you don't make up your own mind what you want for yourself and you want it that bad, it's that's the time that it comes. It, it it comes. It will come. Trust me, it will come. I completely agree. It think, does come to yeah. every woman. I, I refuse to believe that it doesn't. It does come. Now, whether you do it, you come to a crossroad, whether you decide to take that decision or not, you know, Mm. it's what
1: makes you happy and makes you feel content. I think that, unfortunately, we don't learn from other people's mistakes. No, we don't. We learn from our own. We only learn from our own. I always
0: say this. you, There's nothing in the
1: world that can,
0: you know, it's all the times that you fall and it's your own falls that teach you. I mean, I can preach all I want. <laughs> but seriously, till you don't go through it yourself. So true. And you don't feel that, that, you know, that immense pain and that low like you know okay there's a point I I just sat in my bed and I said this is rock bottom is there anywhere lower where is there to go there's only upwards to climb it's a ladder I'm at the bottom there is no more down so I have to start climbing up I love this and you got to look at it like that like okay the only way now is up so it's going to be gradual but you're going to start climbing one at a time you're going to keep climbing till you get to where you want to go and there's never a top either
1: let me tell you I was just going to link it back to that because it seems like you've done so much personal development work, right? It's I can hear it in your voice. I think anyone listening to this will say, wow, I mean, her journey is incredible. But it doesn't mean you don't have bad days, right?
0: Not at all. You have, you have to have plenty of bad days under your belt mm. to actually see that good day. But believe you me, that good day is worth it.
1: And it's good completely
0: days worth it. Are the good days now? Yeah, totally. I'm happy. I'm not to say that I don't have my down days. Mm. But I'm content. I'm happy and I'm content. It's a different kind of happiness. You know what I'm saying? It's different things that make you happy today than I would say to my 30 year old self or 20 year old self what made me happy then. Those are not the things that make me happy. And I realized that you know what, I was actually looking at all the wrong stuff for to bring to make me happy. Yeah. Like now, I think it's the little things that make me happy. It's the memories I collect. It's the places I travel. It's, it's the moments. It's the smaller things that make me happy. It's the small achievements. They're still achievements. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, not everyone can, you know. It's what, what you can do in your capacity. And for me, it's a big thing. Even mm. the small ones are big wins for me. I look at them, at them like that, that. These are big wins for me. I love that. Well, this has been a big win for me.
1: So, thank, thank you for you. taking the
0: time. Thank you. Thanks thank you so for much. squeezing me in. Thank you. Thank you. This was so nice. Thank you. And, you know, it's been really, uh,
1: I learned a lot from you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see season three. I'm excited. I'm very excited <laughs> and I will see you in Mumbai because everybody knows who listens to my podcast that I want to move there and I love oh, it. And I want to move to London. Perfect switch. You <laughs> can stay in the studio and I'll yeah. do something there. <laughs> cool, but I'll see you in Mumbai soon. Thank you. Thank see you, see you, you so much. Thanks, thank, thank you. you. Hi, I'm Tara and I hope you like this interview with my Masi. Please like and subscribe. So good! Well done! Well done!